So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. Welcome back, everyone. It's Wednesday evening, and I am recording uh, for the second time, which I'm apologizing now, uh, with the great and wonderful <laughs> Dr. Andy Galpin. What's up, dude? What's up, my man? Uh, good to be back, I guess. Yeah, that was uh, awkward. Like I said, uh, there was four podcasts that didn't record, and uh, the th- other three were my buddies, and then there was you, and I'm like, man, I'm embarrassed, I'm embarrassed to even ask him again, so I appreciate you re-recording, so hopefully this one will be better. Oh, good, man. Oh, good. I love your work so much that, that uh, it's totally cool. I'm, I'm jazzed to just talk to you more, so. Well, cool. Well, uh, I think that, uh, you know, to kind of start off, um, probably kind of tell everybody about yourself. It's a fairly, it's pretty dang impressive. I've kind of followed along for a, a relatively long time, uh, you know, just with at the level of what you do and, uh, but yeah, let everybody know kind of where you're at and, and, uh, what you do, uh, on a day to day and some of the people you work with. Yeah, sure, man. So my day job is I am a uh, professor. I'm a scientist. Um, at Cal State Fullerton. So I run the Center for Sport Performance there. So um, within that center, we have a bunch of research laboratories and we study human performance. So this is everything from, you know, biomechanics, which is kind of like how you move and the forces you apply to the ground and things like that, to exercise physiology. Um, my area of expertise is, is really muscle physiology. So we take muscle biopsies of people and look at the cellular and molecular and genetic components to human performance and we do everything. So we do, we do breath work and we do cooling stuff and we do nutrition supplements and sort of anything that we think could potentially enhance human performance. So that's what I do kind of in the lab um, on the side or in addition to that, uh, I, I work with professional athletes. So I, I've been fortunate to work with, um, professional athletes in I think 13 or 14, uh, sports at this point. So that you're talking Olympic gold medalists, uh, silver medalists, world champions, all pros, hall of famers, all stars, Cy Young winners, MVPs, um, PGA tour winners. Like it just, you, you can put an accolade on there and, and we've probably done it. So, uh, in the last year or so, we've got the number one player in the world across four of the major American sports and, um, heavyweight world champions, boxing, uh, MMA, UFC, um, uh, world record power lifters, uh, weightlifters sort of on and on and on men, women, um, small, small sizes, heavyweights, kind of all over the board. So um, it's a little bit of science and then trying to generate new knowledge. And then it's a little bit of application. And, um, you know, which means like taking that science we have and seeing what works, what doesn't, and generating results in the world's highest performers. So um, in a nutshell, that's what I do with my life. And that's a little bit about my background. So, well, and you like uh, going off the last podcast. Obviously, um, you you had talked a little bit about your uh, your dad, and because one of the things yeah. I brought up was we deal with a lot of you know like today I had Spencer Pancheck on, who's a CrossFit athlete. Which, by the way, if you ever take a look at him and his brothers, they're all like top twenty CrossFit athletes. Somebody should figure <laughs> out how to code that DNA and reproduce it because I felt. <laughs> 
fat talking to them and they have perfect teeth. So somebody needs to figure out how to code that shit and reproduce <laughs> it. Uh, but we, we, you know, we, we have like listener wise, like high end athletes all the way down to, you know, guys that need to drop 20, 40, 80, hundred, hundred. And like, i got a, a, a message today from a guy who's dropped 180 pounds, you know, and we've, we've, Holy you know, shit. helped motivate him. Right. And, initially and i will say it was pretty daunting when you listed what you do and you're like but then i have my dad and you know so with with what you do you deal with obviously super high-end athletes and you know making a a great athlete even better but obviously you are also very capable of speaking very intelligently about from the ground up like guys that just need a better diet and and you know need to maybe rework their day-to-day life yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, of course, I mentioned the professional athletes and all that, but I also have uh, another company called Rapid Health Optimization, and we, we work um, a ton with, call it non-professional athletes. So we have some athletes in there, we have non-athletes in there. And we have everything from 27-year-old mom of two, who's just, you know, trying to get it figured out, to to guys who run nine-figure nine hedge funds in, in New York and South Africa and, and all over the place. So... Um, yeah, man, I can certainly speak to what works for the average person. In addition, I'm also human. I am not a, <laughs> a high professional athlete, so I got to navigate the same path, right? I have kids. I have multiple jobs. I have other interests. Um, and then I guess uh, sort of what we talked about last time is um, I, I also come, I'm a country guy. So like, I, I don't want to get it twisted here that um, I'm a scientist now, but this is not where I'm from. I'm, I'm from the country. I, I'm from a very small town in the Northwest. Um, and so I, I grew up probably, I'm not sure your background exactly, but probably similar to that. Um, so I didn't grow up with, with these things. I grew up eating frozen pizzas every day and just trying to outwork people and, you know, <laughs> doing things like that. So, um, my parents are still like that. I could certainly talk about my dad more specifically, but yeah, I mean, I, I had to navigate the same challenges that I, I would ask anyone else to navigate. And I certainly deal with a lot of those with my current family members and um, all the other people that are, um, non-pro athletes. So, um, yeah, executing it in kind of everyone up and down that spectrum is something we have, I have a lot of experience with for sure. So I've had multiple different people, you know, on the the podcast that are nutritionists and, and, and fitness freaks. And the, the one thing I, you know, I may have oversimplified things at times, um, when I'm giving advice, cause I'm kind of a weird, you know, I went from you know, whatever. I, I've been fat. I've been normal sized. I've been roided out to hell and at like 280 look like uh, that rock on fantastic four. I've been across the board. And what I have found for <laughs> me, yeah, I'll, I'll text you a photo, dude. It looks weird. Um, but I, I have, um, been all over the board. And one thing that I I've learned is probably, you know, the diet fads, the things you watch, you know, the easy buttons, the reality of it is, is if you just cut out certain things in your diet, if you just moderation, it simplifies things. But some of the new fad diets, um, I have trouble wrapping my head around. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, the carnivore veggies are kind of bad diet. And we talked about this, obviously, on the first pa- podcast that didn't record the carnivore diet. What are your thoughts on that? Yep. And it like staying away from vegetables. You know, my wife is like li- literally the first podcast I did. She was so pissed after listening to it where the guy was talking about veggies are bad. Like she's Italian. She's like 5'11", a <laughs> bit of a hothead. There was a lot of four letter words coming out. What do you think? No. Of, yeah. Oh, she was fucking. No, pissed. not for an Italian woman. 
Jesus, she, that's fucking stupid. This is bullshit. And I was like, honey, calm down. Like, we do podcasts, right? Everybody has their, their right to their own opinion. But it just doesn't seem like sustainable long term to me to do a carnivore diet or that it makes any sense. And you'll probably shit like a diamond. But I am not a doctor. I barely graduated high school. What do you think about that diet? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. I mean, I have many thoughts on it. Um, what we have to do is figure out what argument we're trying to make. And so are you trying to make the argument that, Hey, it is possible to eat only meat. Okay, sure. Well, that's a different argument than you all should do this diet. And that's a different argument than you all need to do this diet to be healthy. And the first one is clearly true. There certainly appears to be plenty of people who can eat just meat and that appears sustainable for them. And they appear to be somewhat healthy. That's great. Um, if we go to the other types of arguments that you should do this or you need to do this or you have to do this to be healthy, well, those are honestly um, sophomore. They're, they're childish, and there's just no way you can make a cogent argument uh, to support those things. We have ample data across every line of evidence. So whether you want to talk about molecular mechanism, um, what we call teleometry, so like uh, or teleology uh, to evolutionary to just common sense. Like it, it would fail on every level. So it's... Um, Honestly, it's one of the more boring topics. Um, I have been asked about this. I can't tell you how many times over the last couple of years. And I'll, I'll be totally frank. I have said no to answering this question every single time. But I will answer in this show because it's a hunting kind of ish show. So it actually like kind of makes sense to talk about this. Um, so it's just it's just boring. It's, it's never going to be something that would be used to the high-level athlete that I work with. Um, I have had success in my career and our teams have had success helping people in, um, I mean, just so many different areas, whether this is energy problems, whether it's testosterone problems, whether it's uh, migraines, whether it's um, energy or motivation, psoriasis, autoimmune issues, um, can't gain muscle, can't lose weight, digestive issues, constant, constipated, uh, menstrual cycle problems. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Energy, um, like I said, focus, motivation, and just wanting to feel better, joint pain, can't sleep. Um, we've had so much success in our career resolving those things. And when I say resolving, I do not mean drugs. I mean getting to the root cause and then eliminating those causes. So as much as you can, right? Some things are not, like, some disease can't be cured, if you will. But you can certainly get symptoms down to where uh, they're super manageable. It's not completely eliminating some of these problems. And uh, not one time in the, in the hundreds of people that I've worked with, and that, that can't tell you how many athletes, never once have I been like, you have to go to only me. Never once have we had a problem because people are consuming um, vegetables. Um, to me, those are those are cop out answers. It, it generally means I don't want to pay attention to what you're saying. I don't want to take care. I don't want to think carefully about what's going on in your body um, to to run analytics. So all the people that go through our coaching programs go through exhaustive assessments. So you're getting full blood. Um, you're getting over 500 biomarkers. So it's full blood, urine, saliva, stool. Uh, it is a ton of tracking. It, there's cases when we'll send scientists to your house and we'll run scans in your bedroom looking for formaldehyde or dander, mold, pollen, allergens, um, lead coming out of your wall. Um, we can run brain scans. Like we're, we're going the whole way to figure out what's going on. Um, I don't, when I find those things, I, I can typically figure out why you're having whatever problem it is you're having, lack of libido or um, just feel like crap all the time. I can figure these things out. Uh, just being like, well, it's vegetables. Um, it, it's, it's in part irritating. In second part, it's like, Jesus Christ, that's the best you can fucking do. 
tell people to stop eating food. Well, yeah, you, you go way down in calories and you just cut all food groups out. You, things get super stable, but that's your, that's, the, that's your solution. That's, that's like, that's not a real answer for some small percentage of the people that can get away with that. Fine. Cool. I, I have no issue with it. I eat meat every day. I'll probably eat. Well, I definitely eat it multiple times a day. My dad basically, <laughs> basically had the first amount of success he had in his life diet wise with a carnivorous diet. Not even, my dad doesn't know the internet. He basically doesn't use it. So, he didn't like hear a podcast. He was just sort of like, I got to lose weight. I'm just going to eat kind of like meat and eggs and, and stop everything else. So it can totally work in the short term. Now, in his case, it's not the best for his health because we have to take some initial steps, which I can talk to uh, about. But but that's that's basically um, my feeling on the topic is like, I find it to be generally boring. Um, it's not something I will ever turn to. It's not something you absolutely have to do. If you like it and it's sustainable, and you feel good and you have a uh, somebody who really knows what they're doing in terms of looking at biomarkers, measuring your performance and, and function and how you're doing and, and things look good. Well then great. Great. Like I have no issue with it. Um, I'm very pro meat. I'm very pro high protein, all those things. Um, I just want to make sure people understand um, if you're feeling terrible, this is not the only thing. Uh, that's not your only option is just to cut out food groups and go to only eating steak and water. Um, that's, that's ridiculous. So, uh, you know, with that, like I tried the, uh, the no carb diet one time and what I realized really quickly, unless you keep your heart rate, uh, below a certain level, um, you bonk. And when I say bonk, like it it was like, literally I am. And again, I, I have like stuck with like the, and I, I'm not like an ultra elite athlete, but I can get after it as far as backpack hunting and, you know, 14 days and, you know, I'm relatively fit. And so I'm like literally talking to myself coming off the mountain, like you dumb motherfucker, dumbest shit, like, like not brain fog. I'm like, why the fuck would you try this? And I talked to the person about this that was telling me to try it. And he was like, oh yeah, you have to keep your heart rate you know, blow whatever. And eventually, you know, you kind of morph or you hit like whatever they call that homostasis or some shit. Anyway, I'm like, yeah, man, fuck that. Like, it's not like I was fat <laughs> before. Like, well, I don't even know why I tried this to drop four pounds. I, I was like, it, it made sense. And like, when I looked at it the first time was if you can get rid of, um, you know, like, like carbs or what, like your, your, your pack weight can go down. Like, you know, just your day-to-day food intake. Totally. Yeah. Well, that was fucking stupid. Like I, I literally yeah. barely, when I say barely, it wasn't like life or death, but cognitive skills out the window, right? Like, like, um, yeah. complex thinking, not good. And it's like, oh, so as long as I keep my heart rate below 155, this diet is solid that is not smart. And so I've been against it for the most part. And everybody I've known that has done it has lost a bunch of weight and then ballooned back up the moment they got off of it. So it didn't seem sustainable for a long term. Yeah. And if you, um, there's not a lot of data on this, um, nor should there be. Um, some people seem to be fine with it. So you have to think about it this way, man. Like there's 8 billion people on this planet. So could you find a hundred? Could you find a thousand? Could you find a hundred thousand people who could do this and be fine? Yeah, sure. But that's still a very, 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 very small percentage of people. There's just so many people you get to run that experiment a bunch. So you could find some people. The question is, what's most likely in most people? 
And what's most likely is, yeah, they're not going to be able to sustain it for that long. Um, and, and I think, I think the, the, the more important point here is let's, let's not get twisted on the burden of proof. The question I would come back to would be, well, why would you do this? It's not a question of, can you get away with this? Do you want to walk around in the, with that mentality? It's like that, how you want to approach life. It's like, what's the, what can I get away with? Like, no, how about what's fucking best? Like that, that's where we should be. Our, our, it's like, imagine like business wise, like, well, what can we possibly get away with that's minimal? Like you'd be fired. Like, no, how about what is best thing we could possibly do? And let's strive for that. So yeah, the people that advocate for things like this, they do an amazing job with mental gymnastics, getting y'all twisted around and trying to show evidence that people can do this. Well, well great. Um, if you want to look for evidence that protein's good for you, you're going to find a ton. And especially if it's high quality meat and stuff, you're going to find a ton. But that is not the same thing as this is the best thing for you. This is not the same thing as you need to do this. This is not the same thing as um, this is a requirement in order for you to feel good. Those are all garbage. And so don't lose sight of the true target here. And your example is perfect. It's like, well, you can do this. And here are some ways to do it better. And here are some ways to maybe not suffer as much. Wait, why the fuck am I doing this again? Like, am I going to be better? And and if you look at even like the case of the ketogenic diet and you look at performance, in the case you mentioned, like a high intensity performance, uh, the data are clear there. Um, now, ketogenic diet is actually much more, there's much more research on that than, than the carnivore diet, but the data are clear. For most people, that is going to compromise maximum exercise performance. It's just going to happen. And now uh, my assumption is when you take fat out of the mix as well, or take it to a very low, that problem probably gets worse. So the question is like, what, why am I doing this again? How is this plausibly going to enhance my performance? And, and there's just, again, there's no cogent argument that they can actually make that this is going to make your performance better. And so it's sort of like, um, well, yeah, like you have to do this and then you have to keep your heart rate low. You have to do this and you have to do this. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then I got to like, what, pack meat with me every time I go in the woods for three or four days? Like, well, that's great. That's super helpful. Like, yeah, tr- try to put some chicken breast in the back of your backpack for five days, something. Like, wh- wh- how's this going to work? So I guess you're going to be eating beef jerky all day, which there's worse things. <laughs> that's, that's okay. But you get my point. Like, you're just really limiting options. You're making things a pain in the ass. It's probably not sustainable. And at best, at best, I'm going to get back to baseline. Most likely not even out, though. Most likely compromised performance. And it's sure as fuck not making me any better. Um, with again, the, the, the only exception being maybe short term resolution of some symptoms, uh, inflammation or things like that. But those are mostly coming because of the fact that you've just reduced the total amount of calories and, and things like that. And we know that that happens with just going on low calorie diet for a few days. Uh, so, um, again, is it an option? I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on because, um, no, dude, I think you should. Yeah, shit well, on I mean, it. But, but I, you get the point. It's like, it's just, there's no fucking need for this. It's, I don't find it that interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I say I think you should shit on it because the more and more I've looked at it, it's like, okay. And, and we talked about this on the first podcast, but kind of moving from, from this to what maybe is a sustainable, you know, long term uh, diet is I, I had brought up like, um, you know, inflammation and things like that, like, you know, high sodium, um, you know, but. Mm-hmm when you look at um, like things that you go by that have a list of like 97 ingredients, right? So what, what, <laughs> right. those are the problems like, and I eat, my wife is like a super Nazi. Like she's all ground up, like all, all natural. 
um uh with, with, with her when i say super nazi like she does not drink anything but water like you know if you you know she makes her own crackers and cooks all organic so when you look at some of the things people are eating and they it's kind of like this crazy heavy foc arrow weight fad thing that's going on they shoot a light shoot a lightweight arrow they go to a heavyweight arrow they have good success and then all of a sudden this 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 is the fix all when in reality it's like if you weigh 70 pounds overweight pretty much anything you do is going to help you lose weight and if you pay attention to this carnivore diet, you get on it, you drop a bunch of weight, you're standing on a, a podium, you're telling everybody a pedestal, you're telling everybody about it. You found Jesus. This is it. But the reality is there may have been another diet that does the exact same thing that is more sustainable and healthier long term. And talk about that, like what people really need to look out for that is like the devil of their day to day diet um, or, or, or nutrition. Yeah, man. Um, there's just a lot of ways we can go about this. Um, but you, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, if people, it, it's hard to, to put, um, it's hard to really truly identify those things. So I guess maybe the way to think about this is when we talk about like best practices for nutrition and, and we're, you're trying to navigate this landscape of like what's healthy, what's not healthy, who do I listen to? I think the easy way to think about this is maybe a spectrum. Okay. So on one end of the spectrum, it's very, very fringe. The other end of the spectrum, it's fringe. And then there's this big chunk in the middle. And that big chunk in the middle is, Hey, what's the, we'll call it like 80 or 90%. And so what's the 90% of general best practices that are generally good for 90% of the people, 90% of the time. All right. Then I can cover that. And then as you move out to the other end of the spectrum, it's sort of like, okay, what about this unique situation over here? What about this unique situation over here? And then the rules sort of change. Um, the, the analogy I'll give you is, I mean, I remember when my dad and grandpa first were teaching me to, to hunt. And um, I mean, I, I actually very clearly remember the very first time my dad like took me up to uh, to Capitol Forest in like Southwest uh, Washington and sat me on a tree stump and was just like, don't move. Right. And, and if a deer walks by, you shoot it, but like, don't move. And it was like, okay, great. And he told me like, absolutely never do this. Don't change positions. And like, gave me all these rules. And it's only like, only in this certain situation, pull the trigger. And I was like, okay, great. And I ingrained that in my brain. And I just look, I learned that as like rules. And I went on thinking like, the only way you can hunt is this. And if you, if you get up and move off, then that's wrong. If you do this and this and this, it's wrong. You're not supposed to hunt. Those are bad. That's the wrong way to hunt. But what I didn't realize was that's not true. He was giving those constraints to me at that time because that's the most I could handle. If he gave me too many options, I would have fucked something up, right? Because I didn't know enough about what I was doing. So when you're first starting down this path, it's totally fine to just get hyper-restrictive and say, look, I'm going to make things simple and I'm going to just eat blah, 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 blah. And I can go over some examples. Like I'm going to live by these one, two or three rules. In my case, I'm going to sit on the stump and if something walks in this clear cut and it's above this side, like, uh, and nothing's in the way and I can see what's behind it, et cetera, then I can shoot. Any other scenario, I'm not shooting. Now, as I grew and learned more and more about hunting, I learned when I could break those rules. I learned when I can actually exploit those rules. And, and then someone at your level of hunting, fuck, you're probably breaking all the rules intentionally every, every, every second, right? You're doing all kinds of things that you would tell a first time hunter to never do. 
But that's because you understand exactly when to break the rules, how, and you actually understand the consequences and you're using it to your advantage. The same thing with nutrition. So when you get, when you expand out and you start understanding, oh, okay, now I can violate this. Now I can violate that. You, you can make things more complex. And so that's kind of how I think you should think about it is like, if this is like, man, I hate nutrition. I'm, I'm running a business and I got a family and like all this stuff. I, but I just don't want to be fat anymore. Can you just give me some super simple rules? Okay, great. But we have to remember that doesn't mean it's actually true. It just means like right now, that's the most bandwidth that I want you to handle. And too much information is confusing. And so you could do something simple like this. And there's a bun, bunch of idioms that, that you can use, but maybe it's something like, hey, um, your protocol for the next six months is I want you to focus on mostly eating plants and animals. Yep, that's it. That's the only, that's the only thing I'm going to give you. Oh, okay, great. And then maybe after that six months, we expand and go, okay, what I actually want you to do is also make sure you have protein. It doesn't have to be meat, but a good quality protein at um, every time you eat. And I want you eating at least three, three times a day. Okay, great. So now I'm eating plants and animals and I'm eating three times a day and I'm having protein every meal. Great. You got that down. And then we move on and go, okay, in addition to that, I want you having a little bit of mix of carbs and fat at every meal. Okay, great. And as we go on, we start adding rules. I want you focusing on mostly whole food, right? So uh, 90% of the time I want you eating uh, things that were grown in the ground, you know, whether it's a fruit or a starch or if, I don't care. Don't worry about it. I want you eating real food, minimal processed food. Okay, great. Uh, now you get better at this. So I want you to add some color variety. So let's, instead of choosing an apple and an orange every day, let's expand. Let's make sure we're getting, um, you know, where, like where I grew up, we eat basically orange and brown, right? You eat potatoes, you eat meat, you eat eggs, and maybe a banana, maybe an orange. Let's expand. Let's eat purples and yellows and greens and reds and, and things like that. Okay, great. So you can see my point. You'd like, you can start adding rules over time as they understand it and they understand, oh, okay, I can actually add some fat here but I shouldn't be just like dumping on endless sour cream. That's not what he meant. But I, I understand enough about this to now really use that rule appropriately. And I also understand he means when he says have a little bit of carbs and protein every meal, he doesn't really mean every single meal. So in this particular case, in order to keep my calories low, I'll keep the fats low because I'm going to have these extra carbs or the opposite. I want to have some more fat at this meal. So that just means I'll take the calories down by cutting the carbs a little bit lower. So you can start expanding uh, and making it more customized but you, you might not be able to do that day one because it may just be too many options. And that actually is like, well, fuck, I don't know what to do. You gave me so many options. I actually don't know what to do. It's easier sometimes when you just start off like my dad did hunting, just saying, here are the two things that you can do. Nothing else is okay. And then you expand rules as you get more and more experience. So, and, and, and I don't want to, I'm not shitting on personal trainers here. There's, there's a lot of good ones out there. One of the things you'll find with some personal trainers, Bally's was horrible about this back in the day. They would give you a work, workout routine where you're standing on a ball, you're doing such goofy shit that it gives you that, the idea that you have to have a trainer because of what that trainer is telling yeah. you that you're lost. When in reality, if somebody walked in and said, Hey, do like 30 minutes of cardio, do some push ups, some abs keep busy, they would, they would probably get the same end result, but the, the trainers, cause they want a job, right? They want, they want, you know, trainers, totally. they want, you know, they, and, I, and I'm not shitting on all trainers. Bally's was horrible about this. They would make the client right. feel so incapable without them. They had to re up when the reality was, if you just said, Hey, go do 30 minutes on the treadmill and you know, this, this, and that probably have the same end result, kind of the same thing in reverse to a certain degree. And, when, when, when you look at like processed carbs, like I tell people to cut carbs, 
which is too, probably too black and white. What I'm actually saying is processed carbs. And with, with what you just said is kind of my life now. Like guys will ask, how can you eat that when I'm at a hunting camp or that much? It's like, well, look, motherfucker, I don't eat like this every day. Like I'm at hunting yeah. camp. I'm eating horrible right now. Yeah. The other, you know, 330 days a year. I eat really well, but I know now that I, where my parameters are, I know what I can get away with. I know that, okay, I I can eat this, this, and this, or I can occasionally, you know, whatever, go binge eat. And and it doesn't matter because I work out and I eat healthy the rest of the time. Initially, when you walk into somebody's house, that's let's say 40 or 50 pounds overweight, what I've found, there's a ton of things that are should probably be thrown away. And this is, this is me. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> you go in there and you've like, Hey, that nine grain bread that says that it's healthy. Like you could eat that a year from now. It's still going to be fine. You probably want to shit can that bread, <laughs> like get Ezekiel, some shit you got to keep in the freezer, bre- you know, and, and this is me again. Like I, I have seen this a ton of times and it's like, okay, you have these really healthy zone protein bars. This motherfucker is yeah. a breath away from a Snickers. Like, this is horrible. (laughs) So talk a little bit about that. Like, what's in everybody's day-to-day, when I say everybody's, people that are looking at losing weight that's in their cupboard, they need to get rid of. Yeah, sure. Okay, so, again, it's kind of easy to plant flags uh, on ridiculous and then work backwards to the more complicated stuff. So uh, I don't need to waste time telling people that if you're eating gas station burritos every day, as your main lunch or, you know, supper choice, that this is a problem. Um, same thing. If you're eating cookies every day and, and pizza and all that stuff like this is, I don't think anyone thinks that's part of a healthy diet. So we don't really need to talk about that. It's absurd. What's more complicated is the stuff you brought up. Well, what about this bar? And, and I get endless questions about things like that. Like, what about this one? This is fat free or this is low sodium or this is higher sodium or whatever. And I think the way to frame this is, instead of wasting your time worrying about what's the least bad, right? So which one of these is least shitty? So which type of, which one of these candy bars is least shitty? That's what you're really asking me. I always want to turn around and say, rather than worrying about, is that the least shitty? Worry about, is that the best possible option you can make? And that's, that's where my head is, right? So I am so less fucking worried about minimizing bad than I am maximizing good. If you have maximized good nutrient intake for the day, and then you additionally want to have something else that's less than optimal, I don't really give a shit. You're going to be fine. The problem exists when you have a nothing of high quality throughout the day or very little. And now we're just trying to, the best thing we can do is split hairs on something that's like kind of shitty versus something that's a little bit less shittier. That, that's not like, that's not a conversation for optimization. That's not what we're after. And so if you look at me and you're like, Hey, um, <clears throat> You know, I had all, all, all these high quality foods. I had a variety of vegetables. I had a lot of fiber and fruit and I had rice and starch and potatoes and all this other great stuff. And then um, I got caught up in work and I was overtime, whatever. And all I could eat was this or this. Then really, honestly, then that's a situation where it's like, don't worry about it. Just eat whatever is there. It's, it's not that big a deal. Right. When I'm a hunting camp, uh, <laughs> we were joking last time. It's like, man, nothing destroys your GI tract more than hunting camp. Cause like you just eat a whole bunch of shit that you're not used to eating uh, and at different times and all that stuff in your stomach, is just a disaster. So it's fine. It's not that big a deal. Um, if you're generally eating 90% of the time, 
the right stuff, then the occasional you know thing over here and there, it's not that big a deal. It's when that's the best thing that you ate today was a fat-free Triscuit. Then, then like, that's when we're having problems, right? Like that's the best thing you ate today? Holy shit, not good, right? So I think that's the way that people should frame these, these thoughts around um, there. Now I realize, again, some people live in food deserts and just don't have access to a ton of stuff. Again, I grew up in the country. Like yeah, when, when I took my wife up there and she goes to my hometown, she, she goes to grocery store. She's just like, like she can't believe the lack of, of produce and stuff up there. She's just like stunned every time. She's like, how do people survive up here? Like, well, many of us don't. <laughs> and there are many important attacks and such because of us. But you can still get away with plenty of, of high quality food. So you want to eat things that are as close to in their natural state as you can most of the time, right? So again, you want to eat plants and animals as a lot of your food. Anything else? Now we're sort of just generally walking down the line of like less good for you. And in some things it's like maybe not that bad for you. You know, if you had a piece of multigrain bread every day, it's totally fine. If that's the best thing you ate today, though, then then we're going to have all kinds of problems. Um, so I had a friend one time, I remember I was helping, and he was just like freaking out one for a while, and he was like beating on the bush, and I was like, dude, just say, what, like, what's the problem here? And he's just like, like, I love having coffee and a piece of toast and dipping it in my egg yolks in the morning. And like, no, I'm not eating the toast, and it's like, ruins my day. And I asked him, I was like, is that the thing that is the most exciting part of your day? And he's like, on most days, yes. And I was like, then eat the fucking toast. Like, this is not what's causing you to have problems. What's causing you to have problem is you're drinking a 12 pack Friday and Saturday and sitting around and watching football for seven hours a day, two days a week. Like that was our problem here. So if you want to put a piece of toast back in your life, that is not going to stop most people from getting healthy. That's not the problem, right? The problem was the bigger stuff. The problem was this amount of stress that you're under. The problem is the drinking. The problem is the smoking. The problem is, um, just terrible sleep and everything else. Like those are big ass problems. Um, one, one piece of toast is not going to sort of kill me. So um, we've had plenty of success with high performers who eat something every day that I wouldn't call like optimal, but it's because all the rest of their life is dialed in that they can get away with it. So um, it's just really about like, where's the whole picture? Where's the whole, I mean, just think of it like a balance. The more things stack in the bad direction, the faster that thing tips over. The more you stack in the good direction, the more room you you have to add some bad shit on there. So with uh, what we're talking about to keep like um, kind of rewind things a little bit, what, what I brought this up in the first podcast and I talked about like, okay, Pepsi diet, Pepsi uh, Gatorade. <laughs> and you know, for me, my turning point, like a long time ago was I, I ran after an antelope and we're talking like two decades I got so fat. I ran off the antelope. I puked. And I'm like, I am a fat piece <laughs> of shit. Like, look, uh, so initially not knowing what I was doing, like later on in life, I ended up dating a, a figure fitness model who was like, look, you know what I mean? She kind of set me on the path of like, like what you're talking about, like truly learning like diet and nutrition. So the first thing. I got to stop drinking soda and eating Butterfingers. And people listening in may be like, well, duh. Well, it's not that easy when you're a fat fucker and you don't know. Like, that's your life. You go, you grab a Mountain Dew. You you know, you grab a a Butterfinger. Yes, it's bad, but truly how bad? Until you stop eating it, like, you don't really know. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, soda, got to get rid of that. And I didn't do the soda to diet soda. I just stopped drinking it totally. But I did grab Gatorade. Which Gatorade to me, and you may argue, 
unless you are just crushing workouts is just as fucking bad. It's loaded with sugar. And so I went from, which is better Mountain Dew to Gatorade. And then I learned real quick that I need to drink fucking water. Like water is the key, right? With some occasional electrolytes. And then I was like, okay, no donuts, no Butterfinger, uh, you know, things like that. I dropped 35 pounds quick from dropping a few things, but still didn't know, you know, dieting. But one thing I notice now is inflammation. And, and, and you had brought it up on the first podcast where I talked about like how much my, my joints or tendons or whatever might mm-hmm. hurt. And it made sense what you were saying. It's probably the sodium that's making my hands swell more than just the, um, the processed carbs, because like my hands will swell up like that Chinese dude on any, 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 like big trouble in any China. Like they get huge when, when I, and I'm like, I can barely make a fist. I'm like, Jesus. Well, when your body's used to eating healthy all the time. And then I, you know, like years, I wondered how somebody could like decorate a bathroom with poop, but you eat, if that's their normal diet is burritos and things like that. Yeah. I, you know, I eat really bad stuff. My hands swell up and then I'm like shitting through a window screen. That's when you really yeah. learn how bad these things are for you. But Talk about a little bit about like the sugar, sugar free, you know, diet. Like, are those things like, obviously, if you can cut them out completely, that's the best. But, right. Like, I I get this question a ton of like, well, man, I, I drink Diet Dr. Pepper. And me, I'm more like, dude, drink water. That shit is horrible. You take kind of a different uh-huh. look at this. Yeah. So, okay. Same thing like I've been doing. It, it's kind of a spectrum here. Um, uh, so it's a question of like, you know, is it that bad versus bad? Well, here's what I can tell you. There's not a fucking good thing that comes out of drinking diet. Anything. There's, there's not a positive benefit. You can be like, you really need to go out of your way to make sure you're having some diet soda. Like you can actually kind of make that argument for coffee. There's, there's a lot of documented benefits of coffee um, antioxidants and neuroprotective. There's benefits actually of nicotine. You can make strong arguments for the neuroprotective benefits of nicotine, not cigarette smoking, like to be clear, but nicotine. You cannot make that argument for, for diet soda at all, period. So there's absolutely nothing good about them with one potential scenario. All right, and I'll come to that in a second. So if you're sitting here playing a game of like, well, uh, I drink diet, diet, diet. Okay, fine. My question is like, again, why? What, what are we trying to do here? Um, there's, there's a thing I like to say that we sort of got into at the end last time. It's like, it's, it's stunning to me how, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that are probably listening to this show are, I would think it's fair to say uh, on aggregate are tougher than your average person, right? Uh, whether you're a military guy or uh, um, if you're police, firefighter, academy, anything like that, whether you're, you know, just hunting, you're, you're generally slightly tougher on the spectrum than not. And, and going up the country, like everyone I knew uh, was either bailing hay, they were cleaning stalls, they were almost all working before school, and they were going to school um, or hunting during hunting season, of course. And then we we're playing football, and we were always lifting weights, and we're probably coming back and cleaning stalls or doing something else at home, right? So this is like this whole community of it's just generally hardworking, uh, tough people they would do anything, right? So if, if someone's septic tank was like overfilling in the middle of the night and there was lightning going on and, you know, there was a storm happening, 
but you had shit going over there. People would just jump in with no masks, no gloves, and you know, just get to work. If, if um, you know, animals dying in the field, and you had to pull it out by your hands, you wouldn't hesitate. Fuck, I mean, half the people I know, you know, field dress their animals with no gloves and stuff. They don't give a shit, right? Blood, and you just reach in there, grab the animal piss and animal shit, you know, taste it, smell it. If you're tripping, you do all that stuff, but you will not, for fuck's sake, eat some food that you don't love. It's like, well, hold, hold up, tough guy. You're so tough. You, you'll go on a 10-day hike out there and, and eat nothing but whatever you kill. But you're not fucking tough enough at your home to eat some goddamn carrots and broccoli because you don't like it? Well, Jesus Christ, like, are you a child? Like, it's stunning to me how they can be so mature and machismo and tough in one area of their life, but be fucking children in other areas. So, like, I don't like waking up at 3.30 every day and going to work. I didn't as a kid. My dad didn't like doing it for 50 fucking years. My mom didn't like doing it. No one likes it. But you do it because that's what needs to get done. I, I don't know why that just gets lost with diet. Like, oh, I don't eat that shit. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Well, it's, like, it's not my favorite thing in the world either. If you ask me, Andy, would you rather eat pizza or Brussels sprouts? Uh, I can tell you what my four-year-old's going to pick every time. Right? And it's not rocket science, but you do the work that needs to get done. I, I don't know why people can't extend that to their nutrition. Um, it just has to be done. So when, it, when you bring up things like diet soda, I'm like, well, why? Why, fucking pussy? Like, why? Why do you need that shit? Like, what, 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 just, and now, again, you're asking me, like, well, what's the research on microbiome? I'm like, well, who fucking cares? It's not good for you. And it, maybe it's not horrible for you. Uh, but it's like, it's not doing anything great. And, and if you comment about Gatorade, I it's 100%, man. Like, um, we will use sports drinks. We will use processed carbohydrates. We will use very fast-acting carbohydrates in a lot of circumstances. A ton. We use a ton of electrolytes. Um, but if you're, you know, if you run the forklift all day and you're sitting there sipping on Gatorade, you don't need that shit. That's totally unnecessary. Um, so, the vast majority of people, like, they have no business. They, that stuff is not going to help um, your health. So the, the only scenario that I'll give you here is this. If you're saying, hey, look, I've been eating burritos and pizza and Hot Pockets for 30 years and drinking seven Pepsis a day. I think I can transition to Diet Pepsi. Um, but that's like the most I can do. And I would actually say that's a good idea because that, that alone will probably help you. If you're a hundred pounds overlay, that might help you lose 15 pounds by making a slight switch. So in those cases, um, sometimes fat loss is, is so healthy for people. Um, people don't realize like being excessively overweight is extremely inflammatory. And so sometimes just making that change, um, allows you as like a little bit of a gap. It, it's kind of like saying like some people can go cold Turkey cutting drinking and cutting cigarettes. Some people need a stepwise approach. This would be a stepwise approach, but don't forget the target, right? The target is this is just no reason to have these things in your life. So, um, yeah, hopefully that sort of explains my position. So I'm not against them at all, but, um, you know, the way I look at it is like everything that goes in your body is, is having an effect on your body. So like, why, there's so many other options you can go to. If it's not serving a, a positive benefit, um, honestly, I'm just not that interested in it. I so, don't get it. So, well, I, and I stopped I, drinking sodas when I was like 13. So, like these, it's, it's for kids. So, so knock it off. Yeah, so, like with what you're saying, one of the things with with dieting when people are getting into this, and and this is something I have suggested to people um, that are that are struggling with kind of what you had talked about was like, hey, find your uh, substitute. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, look, a Quest bar totally. is a Quest bar a good thing? Eh, they're not horrible. They're not great. They're not bad. They're not good. You know, they're kind of in the middle. And I say that meaning on my perspective is like, look 
if you rotate from a Snickers to a Quest bar, I'd say that's a victory. The end goal is to only eat a, eat a Quest bar every now and then is find a substitute if that's what you need. So if now, as I say that shit can fucking Gatorade, Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, all of that all at once and just get used to water. But that that's my own opinion, because I just I, I, I it, it seems like that is easier for a lot of people. But when you go to food, yeah, if you have and to look, look th- go ahead, there's um, so like, well, I'm on this one. Um, there's a lot of things that are actually decent. There are a number of bar companies that make like reasonably healthy bars at this point. Um, there's RX that makes decent stuff. Uh, Laird, uh, Laird Hamilton, who's uh, a friend of mine, um, who, by the way, he makes fantastic, like, by far my favorite um, uh, uh, powdered coffee. Like, it's just, it's just the only shit I take hunting anymore. Like, anytime I'm camping and hunting now, instead of dragging all kinds of cheese stuff out there, um, it's the powdered espresso. It's so dope. So I take it everywhere. But he has great, super high quality travel bars. They don't have any animal protein in them, so they're even better for some people, but, but those are good. Um, perfect food bars. I mean, there's just a ton of like pretty reasonable bars that, uh, as you said, like they're much better than a Snickers bar and they're much better than like the, the mass gainer 3000 RX metric bars that are like you know, in the gas station and stuff. So there are much better options. Um, and in addition, the one thing I wanted to add with water here is there are tons of ways that you can drink flavored fluids without just being like drink only pure water. So you can, you can do super simple stuff, like just take a couple of pieces of fruit and throw it in your water bottle in the morning. So just let a, a strawberry float in your water bottle. Just put a, just put um, a cucumber or mint, something like that. There's actually good evidence to suggest when it's slightly flavored, people will drink more. And it's not just quote unquote pure water. I would stay away from generally um, the zero calorie flavored waters. Um, it's because again, all you're doing is introducing a feedback loop in your body that you need something sweet and it's going to get harder and harder to drink pure water when your body is used to always having something that tastes super sweet. So it's just a mild flavor is enough. Um, then, then that is, is, is fine. And it will not take you long to get used to that. And then to not worry about it. In fact, it will actually not take you long before you find those really high concentration artificial sweeteners to be in fact, not, uh, not pleasurable. Um, you know, I grew up drinking all those things. And now it's like I have a diet, something or other. I'm like, holy shit, this is so terrible. I can't stand it. Um, I, I, and I grew up doing eating nothing but straight sugar or fake sugars and all that stuff. And then after a year, for years of not having any of it, I don't like any artificial sweeteners. Um, like I just don't like the taste anymore. So I'd rather just have something that's actually delicious and just add pray, pure sugar than I would those things. But that's because of just those tastes I've now walked away. So, I wanted to add those things in. It's like, there are tons of options. If you're like, man, I've been drinking Pepsi for 20 years and now all of a sudden, you know, make up pure water. So there's a way you can meet in the middle uh, on the fluid side that are not that bad. So with, with what, like what we're like discussing now, um, like you were talking about the bars and you, you're talking about fluids for me, like I go to a gas station, like my, like my, and a gas station is not a great place to go in is you can find raw almonds. Normally (laughs) you can find jerky and cheese. And so for me, like where, but and and don't get me wrong, I'll grab a, a quest bar, um, or, or something sometimes, but jerky and cheese, that's kind of a, 
That's yeah. a hitter for me. Like I can eat that. And I, now don't get like, I try not to get the teriyaki cause there's a pile of fucking sugar in it. I get like black pepper, whatever spice and cheese and some raw almonds. Yeah. That those are the things that I'm they're like, well, I'm on the road all the time. I'm like, well, for fuck's sake, I get it. But there is still good things in a gas station. Maybe not good. There are things that you can deal with in a gas station. And when 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 for me, it was really difficult because it was almost like mental. The donut is so easy to fucking grab compared to cheese and jerky right it's like it's sparkly it tastes fucking good now i'm gonna have a stomach ache and i'm not gonna shit right for a couple days but it does after a couple three weeks it does become easier like like you know after two or three weeks you do get used to this if you can stick with it for two three four weeks for me it was three it wasn't that big of a yeah. deal. And what's what you talked about, you drink soda, it tastes horrible. You drink, you know, whatever, or, you know, you go to like, like now, and I still like a cookie every now and then, but it, to me, sure. it's just like, that's my life. Like, that's what I eat. Not that I'm sacrificing it. That, that's just what I eat. Um, is two to three weeks, realistic four weeks for that to kind of transformation to hit. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. On it, it depends on the person, but um, those are exactly the numbers that I say. Like somewhere between seven and, and twenty-one days um, is when your body will will change sensitivities, uh, and we actually know this mechanistically. That this, these things can be upregulated and downregulated that quickly. So, yeah, but that's that's enough. Um, the way that I want to think about that I want people to think about this is acceleration is the challenge in life, not velocity. And what I mean by that is, like, if you've ever worked, um, I remember when I was a kid working with my dad. My dad did road construction, so he, he built roads. And I got to work for him uh, most summers. And one of the summers, we did six twelves, right? So, like, uh, we had to drive probably an hour and a half up to bowling every day and, and kind of back and forth. So we're leaving the house at, I don't know, 4.30 or something every morning and getting home at 8.30 or something like that. Some hours, right? And that was... Uh, Monday through Saturday. My point is, like, when I first started, it was like, fuck, I got to wake up on Saturdays and go to work. This is awful. And it didn't take more than a couple of them before it just became normal. Right. And it wasn't even hard at all. And if you're not used to working Saturdays, and all of a sudden you got to wake up on Saturday and you got to work a 12 hour day. And in construction, when I say a 12 hour day, I mean the shovel hits the ground at, at seven and the shovel doesn't come out of the ground until 7 30. Not like 12 as in I started my drive to work and by the time I got home from work, that was 12 hours. Like 12 hours of fucking digging is, is your 12 hour work day. Um, it, it just wasn't even hard. It didn't even take more than a few weeks. It is super, super normal. Anyone that's got a kid, same thing. So it's like, you, you, you realize like, this is the hardest thing ever. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, you just get it figured out. Right. It's not hard. So making change that acceleration part is the difficult part, but the velocity is not, uh, the analogy we always like to give here is brushing your teeth. Uh, so like no one thinks about how hard it is and, and how challenging it is to brush your teeth every day. Just, you just do it because you've been doing it for 40 years. So, same thing here. It's just like, yeah, you went through a couple of weeks of this, of, oh yeah, crap, I wanted this thing. Oh yeah, crap, I wanted this thing. And then a couple of weeks after that, and then a month after that, you just, you don't even think about it anymore. And that's just how it goes. So it's just, it's a little bit of hard work um, to reset parameters and get there. Um, and again, regarding your gas station, that's great. That's fine. I typically, honestly, I have, um, I have protein powders in, in like single serving packages that I get. I work with a company called Momentus. 
Uh, and so I have a conflict of interest here. I have a, I have a private deal with them and I have discounts and all that kind of stuff. But they sell individual packs, so one-day packs. And so I will always have those and a clean shaker bottle. I put this on clean here. Um, in my bag, in my car, all that stuff. So in case I get caught in eating something like that, I can always have a protein shake. Like, again, would I rather have a gas station burrito? Hell yes. Hell yes. And like, would I, would I rather have a full lunch or a protein shake? Of course. But this is like, you know, get you through, you know, get you something. And then, yeah, you, you, you maybe grab an apple or a banana out of there or you grab one of these, you know, better uh, bars. You have a protein shake and, you know, it gets a jerky or, or something like that. And you'll get through it. And it's, it's not the best lunch, but it is far better than just pulling over to the dairy cream really quick or hopping into you know, McDonald's and grabbing something. Um, so it's just about risk management, I guess there, um, which is something you can survive. So yeah, a couple of hard uh, of weeks of hard. And I, I guess the other way to frame it is like, is it really that hard? I mean, really? Like, is it really that hard to go a couple of weeks without eating whatever your vice is? I mean, Jesus, is that the hardest thing you're going to have to deal with today? No, you're probably going to do five things today in your day that are harder than that. You just don't, you just don't care enough, right? You're not framing it properly. So uh, putting the right mindset behind it for most people is like, like you kind of said earlier, like you don't even realize how it is. There's a lot of stuff that we deal with on our, um, on our rapid program where people come in, they think it's normal. They like, they think it's normal to just like, I was actually fucking dealing with this with my, um, but my niece's his boyfriend recently, he's a diesel mechanic. And he's just like, oh, no, I have diarrhea every day. I'm like, for how long? He's like, for years. And I'm like, what? Like, he just, like, totally accepted it as normal. Like, do you realize those things are not normal? It is not normal to have brain fog. It is not normal to wake up and have headaches. It's not normal to, to deal with, to just be farting, stinky farts all day, every day. Like, those are not normal. Those are signs something is, is wrong in your system. And they're all fairly fixable. Uh, most of the time, they're, they're highly fixable. So, um, it's acknowledging that those those are signs of pain, constant shoulder pain when you've had an MRI and there's nothing wrong there, constant back pain, neck pain, that type of stuff, um, mood swings. Like those are those are common, but they're not normal, and they're a, a strong representation that your physiology is not correct, which means it is within your power to change them. And, and you'd be stunned how a little bit of behavioral modification, a little bit of lifestyle modification. Um, again, I'm not expecting you to just go to this lifestyle where you eat you know, chicken and broccoli every single day. But just a slight modification uh, can, can make a huge impact on how you feel every day. And I, I promise you, if you do that, a huge percentage of people will never go back. Um, so the way that I kind of, the rule of thumb I'll tell people is, if you keep your nine to five in order, then you can live life the rest of the time. And what I mean by that is, whatever your sort of weekly schedule is, just make sure that you're taking care of business in that. And so what I mean is like, if, let's just say you work Monday to Friday. Um, you control what time you wake up. You control typically where you're at and you you know, know when you're gonna be eating or at least the circumstances. So eat well, um, eat, handle things, drink your water, all that stuff in those situations. If it's a thing where it's like a Saturday and you're at a baseball game or whatever, have a hot dog, don't worry about it. Do all those things, it's still great. If you can control it those five days a week, though, then you have some liberties. It doesn't even have to be weekend, but say it's a Wednesday and there's somebody's birthday. Great. Have pizza. Sure, sure. No problem whatsoever. Just don't make it a normal part of your routine. Your normal routine is A, B, and C. Something abnormal pops up, 
well, great. Don't worry about it. It's not a cheat meal. It's none of those things. It's just life. Just handle your business 80% of the time and you're going to be just fine. So with, with like, we're talking about diet now, I would say that, um, working out is not that far off the spectrum from what everything we just covered, simplifying things. Like I have people like, Hey, what, you know, what do you do for a workout? And it's like, ah, it's pretty simple, man. I don't, there's nothing, you know, there's no magic button with what I do. Like I used to lift heavy. I was like, man, I do push-ups, I do pull-ups, I do abs, I do lunges, air squats. Um, you know, I do something right. And you know, there's times like today, I didn't want to fucking work out. I did push-ups in my office. I did some curls, right? I did some dips. Like I didn't want to do shit. I did, I did something. The the thing is, is if, if it, the, the people asking those kind of questions, what I really feel like telling them is like, look, do fucking something, get out. Like, even if you go walk your dog, like I've got whatever, I've got two feet of snow in my house. I'm like, man, I'm a lazy piece of shit. I'll just go yeah. walk the dogs for 45 minutes, right? Like through the snow. Of course. So when it comes to, to, to fitness and I'm not, you know, obviously with what you do, you're at a much higher level when you take a, an amazing athlete, and make them even better. It's not that difficult to me is just get the fuck in the gym or get and do something that is above and beyond sitting at a desk. Is it that simple? Like, what would your first advice be for somebody getting started? Like, what should they focus on first on the, the fitness side? Yeah. So here's what I'll say. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, we have, again, I've dealt with a ton of professional athletes. I've also dealt with a ton that are not. So this is, uh, um, you know, this is something we've dealt with a ton. Just get started is number one. Um, I actually just released a six part series on Andrew Huberman's podcast. And, and this whole thing is basically answering this question. So you, you can get the answers to this in extreme detail. Um, every Wednesday on the Huberman Lab podcast. So, so you can see that for more detail. But in general, um, just try to hit the big rocks. There's this really cool thing called exercise snacks. And that's actually, there's good data behind these things. And these are 20-second bursts done every couple of hours throughout work. And so what this means is, you know, after, you know, sometime in the morning, do a 20-second sprint down the hallway, do jumping jacks, do burpees, uh, run up your stairs, 20 seconds long max effort. Okay. You do that after lunch, do that in the afternoon. Uh, there's good data that suggests you can improve your VO2 max and your cardiorespiratory fitness and improve a bunch of other physiological markers as little as three of those 20 second bursts done. No warm up, nothing necessary. Right. So I do this constantly. I'll have days like today where I, I had, you know, six straight hours of zoom in front of my computer. So I found 20 seconds in between all that. I just walked outside, just sprinted down my street, sprinted right back and was in my house within 30 seconds, right back to work. Is that as good as a normal full training session? No, of course not. Not, not even close, but it's the gas station equivalent. It's saying, Hey, look, instead of making an excuse here and just eating cupcakes for lunch, like I'm going to have the protein shake and the, and the beef turkey. Not as good. Sure. Not as pleasurable and not as effective, but, you know, it's something. So I would, if you can start there, just start there, whatever you can do to make it a habit first, um, then you can improve the quality and you can, you know, get the details and you can balance your training programs and all that stuff later, but just getting moving is number one. And what I would say is in general, try to do something for upper body and lower body and try to do something that requires 
some muscular fatigue or strength, and then try to do something that requires some cardiovascular strength. And, and that can be as simple as it needs to be for a while. Okay. So with that, um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a total fucking asshole. Right. But one of the things that, that people need to realize is when they're looking at this and they say, I don't have time more than most likely that's a crock of shit. And when I say that I was a single father with a full-time construction job, you find a way, bring your fucking kid, right? Like do something. And when I say that, like quality time with a kid, and I don't want to get on that side of things. Like my daughter, her most memorable times were me bringing her to the gym. I put her in my, like between my legs, I do bench press, like always safe. You know what I mean? Or we would go for a walk. We would do something. Most of it's a cop out to me when, when I hear people, you know, tell me certain things. And I also get called a dickhead a lot by, by, you know, telling people that, but it's like, look, man, if you truly want to do it, you will fucking find a way. I promise you. And when, yeah. when it, when it, when I, when I say it, like, like, look, I, this is not coming from like some, like, like Spencer Pancheck. I did not pop out the womb buff. I was a fucking fat kid. I found a way yep. and I am not in perfect shape all the time, but I just do something. And it, you know, people are like, how do you find the motivation? I'm like, I fucking don't, you don't think I struggle with this shit. But I remember yeah, of course. what I feel like when I, I'm not doing something. And so one of the things like with the gym, I, I, I'm a big believer in a gym. Uh, if that's what it takes to motivate you, when you go to the gym, you have 97,000 different machines. It is confusing. <laughs> but one of the things that like you can Google the majority of the machines and you might you, you might think you're crazy, but I'm like, look it up on YouTube. If you go in the first time and you're so scared to use the machine, you'll use it wrong. I've told people this and they've used it. I'm like, go back and Google YouTube. Like you can learn any of that. It's if it's intimidating, get your ass in the gym, like just do it, do something. And it will, again, two to three weeks, it will not be that intimidating after you get going. Yeah, man. Like I would say it's the same thing with like, um, look, dude, okay. I I typically train in my garage. I got a bunch of exercise equipment. I've been lifting weights for, oh, I don't know, 25 years, probably something like that. If I go to a commercial gym, I spend half of it walking around looking like a fucking idiot trying to figure out half the machines. I don't know how to use them. Like, <laughs> it just happened to me when I was in Vegas pretty recently. And I was trying to figure out the machine. I was like upside down on it, hanging. And the guy was just like, oh, you need some help there? I'm like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing here. <laughs> it's fucking because he actually turned out he was a fan. Uh, and like he did it. I was like, thanks, man. He's like, I was looking for like, awesome. a reason to come say hi to you. And I was like, cool. But here I am like an idiot. And he's like, looks up to my stuff. And I'm like, cool. So part of it is like, who cares? Like, you're going to look like a dummy. Some of the shit is confusing. Um, just, just ask the people there. I, I promise you that if you just ask them or you're like, Hey man, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. How the hell do I use these machines? Give me some quicker. They're, they're going to say yes. And like, it's the, kind of like the spotlight effect, right? Where like, you think the whole world's looking at you and laughing when in reality, no one gives a shit. <laughs> like, nobody cares. Um, so number one, who cares? Just ask people. Uh, the, biggest, the other thing I'll say is it's like, just give it, just give it a whack and try. Um, you'll, you'll figure it out. Like they'll figure out how the cam works and how the pulleys work and, like, oh, okay, yeah, that's how it goes. So uh, who cares? And if it takes you a couple of workouts, two or three or four or five to get things figured out, and then you're smooth, it's all right. It's just, I mean, if this was in any other aspect of your life, you wouldn't hesitate to be like, yo, uh, my car isn't working. Call a mechanic. How the hell does this work? Okay, correct. 
the same thing. Like, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to exercise. Okay, great. Like, can you help? Like, who cares? Um, it's just not that big a deal. Like, that's what these, trust me, those personal trainers are dying for someone asking for help. So who, who cares? <laughs> like, um, you don't have to worry about them trying to sell you the training package. It's just like, hey, I'm trying to figure out how to use this machine, man. Like, I feel like I'm an idiot. Sure, great. How do I do it? Um, no big deal, right? The same thing happens when I worry about my taxes or other shit. Like, I don't know how to do this stuff. Tell me what I need to do. Great, God. Don't care. And I don't feel embarrassed about it. You don't expect it to know everything. So, yeah, just get in there and get it done. Who cares? Yeah. And I believe me, I've had, um, cause I, you know, whatever I'm, you know, fairly good at hunting, decent photographer. I've had people message me like, man, is there anything you're like not good at? And I've been like, yeah, taxes, <laughs> life business. Oh, yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of shit that I'm not very good at. And if you look at it that way, I think it makes more sense. If you're a guy who works on, I don't know, elevators, you know, if you're an electrician, yeah. those are, that's your profession. Your, your profession is not physical fitness, so you should not be embarrassed. Like, I've had people walk over to me and been like, how do you use this machine? I'm like, I have no fucking idea, dude. I don't use that thing, but let's figure it out. Like, it, it, it it's not like everyone knows. And some of those machines, I went to one the other day with my wife and I. she's like, what is this? I'm like, get your phone out. She's like, why? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I've lived in the gym for 20 years. <laughs> so I, I didn't know. So... um but man, I don't, I don't want to drag it on for, for too long. We've been on for over an hour. Is there anything I missed that you want to, to touch on that I, I skipped over? Or you want to like, let people know. Uh, I mean, just, I guess one quick on that, none of that previous one. Um, you know, look, I have two little kids. I have a, uh, almost four and a half year old and almost three year old. And, uh, the least fit, strong, uh, healthiest I've ever been in my life is the last handful of years. And and I went um, multiple months of, you know, getting like a couple of workouts in and just being like, fuck it. And then you get back into it for a week or something. And then I got hurt or got sick or somebody got sick or other priorities or whatever. Right. So uh, I totally emphasize, emphasize with people. It's like, I don't love it either. Like, and for again, like months, years, really, I was just like, Oh my God. I just don't want to work out. I just did not want to do it. And I didn't train very hard and it wasn't super consistent. So you're all going to go through it. And, and I would pull out other tricks and they would work for a little bit and they wouldn't. So it's totally normal. It doesn't matter though. What matters is tomorrow, right? It's just like, well, whatever. So you suck the last month, the last year, the last 10 years, who cares? Let's just get better at it tomorrow. And for me, what really helped was, um, you know, a kid's getting a little bit older so it's not as much like diaper and stop that kid. He's choking. He's going to choke on that thing. Sort of like besides, I mean, my son still tries to kill himself every 10 minutes, but you know, that made it easier. Um, my kids are always in the garage with me. When I train now, like they love it. So that has made it easier. And then just more importantly, you know, our team um, at rapid help was like, we're just doing a whole team challenge because we're all sort of the same boat. We're all in like our, our, our late thirties for the most part like should be more fit than we are. And it's just like, Hey, all right. That's all of us. We're doing a fucking challenge. Um, winners getting a lot of money and the losers getting made fun of. <laughs> it's like, that's what we're doing. So we're doing that. And I feel great. Uh, I trained super hard the last month. I feel, I feel awesome. I've been super consistent because now I have a reason. That was the problem, right? It's just like, I didn't have my day, any time, any competition. So if you can find something to do, um, the classic thing is like do a competition with a couple of friends, set a goal, do a show, find something that you're going to compete in, 
whatever it's going to be. And that will help you tremendously. Um, even if it is as simple as you and your other two buddies decide you're going to do a fat loss competition or you're going to do a strength competition or whatever it is, the winner gets something and the loser gets something bad and make sure that that, that one in last place is bad. So even if you don't win, cool, but you do not want to be dead last. Um, so whatever that bad is for you, whether that's money or that's embarrassment, whether you got to, you know, do some dumb shit, who cares? Um, but, but find a, find a reason and, and put a time frame on it and that'll help a lot. So, um, I want to throw that in there as well. It, that's what helped me recently. Yeah, no, no, that's a good idea. And, uh, anytime, especially with men, there's gambling and somebody ends up with like a shaved head, some weird totally. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. I'll flip a fucking table over in a game of Candyland. I don't like to lose. And so like most, not everyone, most people are like that. So that that's good advice. But, uh, but man, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough, Andy. It's been, it's been awesome ha- having you on and, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure, man. Um, so I do owe Andy a backpack. I, 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 I had to call him back to do another podcast and talk about the, <laughs> the same shit. So did you figure out which pack you want? Yeah, man. The, the, the one that you recommended, the, the three Yeah. Gotcha. There you go. So when you see Andy with that on, he did not pay for it. He got it. Cause I'm, re- I'm not very smart. So uh, there, you, there you have it, but I appreciate you coming on for the second time. Hey, well, I can tell you this, man. My cart is still loaded because uh, I went through, and you guys got a ton of cool shirts and stuff. So I'm uh, picking me picking me up some shirts too. So you're gonna not only see me in that pack, but you're for sure gonna be seeing me sporting this, these shirts here and uh, probably a bunch of my Instagram posts. Believe me, it was it was comical with my IT guy because I told him I was like, man, I think he's gonna get a pack. I'm just gonna give it to him because I have to call him back and like put my wiener between my legs and say, Hey man, can we do this again? So, uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough. And, uh, actually before we go, tell everybody where they can find you, uh, social media, that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure, man. Instagram and Twitter are the, the best doctor, uh, DR or Andy Galpin. Um, you can check out my YouTube. I got a ton, basically all my college classes are up there. So tons of details specifically on, you know, how much protein to eat for, for muscle gain, um, exactly what to do for training wise for hypertrophy or strength or speed fat loss all those things are covered and those are all up there um, for free and then um, a couple of companies I have uh, I run um, and founded the world's most advanced sleep study by far so this is some really really advanced shit that we can do in your own house to, to dial in your sleep so if that's uh, a pain point and you're tired of messing around there um, absolute rest dot com and then um uh, rapid health report dot com is uh, or just hit me up if you're interested uh to to want to go through one of our programs and and get that dialed in so this is when you get all the biomarkers and you get to poop in a box and send it to me and, and we get to be real good friends that's that not point. normal so you can check those things out what's that i said that's not normal <laughs> <laughs> it's not normal but um if you, if you want the pro athlete treatment uh, and you're just an everyday schmuck that's you got a shit in the um, box. Yeah. Yeah. Shit in the box, man. That's the only way I rule. I won't be friends with you if you don't shit in the box and send it to me. <laughs> uh, fuck. Sounds good. I'm glad I deal with backpacks, man. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you having, or you coming on and, uh, you know, whatever and doing it twice. So thank you so much. You got it, man. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Cheers. Dude.